Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to Mojo Sports, the NRL show Episode 2, Season 2. So excited to be back with you. My name is Dan Frost and as always, supported by the best panel in the business. Tonight we've got a full house. We've got Tasha, we've got Alicia and we welcome, uh, as teased on social media, we've got a new panel member um, starting with us on the NRL show. Uh, Dana, welcome to the team. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me, guys. I'm excited to be here. Um, you know, I'm born and bred for Victoria. Uh, I follow Melbourne Storm like it's a religion. Um, and I'm a proud Queenslander as well. So it's good to to bring some diversity to this very New South Wales uh, podcast. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I've been, uh, you know, throughout my life, I've been very envious of Melbourne Storm supporters as a Knights fan, you know, obviously sitting back and watching them win all those premierships. And you think about some of those dark ages when it comes to origin and, uh, yeah, how many did you guys win in a row? It was uh, it was certainly a bit of... Uh, so Queensland, we won 18 in a row. Okay. Well, um, yeah, pretty 20, sure it was either 16 or 18. 20, um, 28, 38. It was, uh, it was definitely a dominant uh, period. But, uh, no, look, great to have you on board. Great to um, give a bit of a different perspective on things as well. But let's jump into our listener question. So, Dana, uh, Tasha and Alicia, who is a bolter for the New South Wales Origin team uh, this season? Uh, Alicia, going to start with you. Well, firstly, just quickly, Dana, Melbourne is in Queensland, isn't it? Everything, Everything's in Queensland outside of New South Wales, but welcome aboard anyway. <laughs> Correct, yes. Great, great, <laughs> great to have you. Um, look, my, my listener question, um, I've gone with... Jacob Safidi from the Knights, I thought he had an outstanding season um, for Newcastle in 2021. He really sort of added that impact off the bench, especially when his brother went down with injury. And um, I think he can put himself in that position to, you know, possibly do a bench role for, for Blues come June. But he's he's got to start pretty well um, alongside his brother to do that. Yeah, definitely. No, you know, obviously Lisa, we we've watched a lot of his play and you could you could safely say that last season was his most consistent year and if he can back that up early on, I mean, he is you know, he, he's certainly as talented as Daniel. Uh, absolutely. It's just um obviously he's been a little bit hit and miss in the past, but definitely found some form. Uh Tasha, what about yourself? Who who do you think could um, you know, again, if they have a fast start, who could potentially sneak into the squad or if not, you know, that starting 17 come game 1? Yeah, Dan, I'm going out on a limb here. I think uh, Joseph Suwali, I think he weathered a tremendous media storm. There was all this hype and all that sort of stuff. And um, I think now with that year also under his belt, I think he'll really come through. He's he's my bolter. Yeah, no, he's he's got a lot of, um, yeah, he's had a lot of media attention, as you spoke about, a lot of talent. And, um, yeah, just looking to see a little bit of production there and, um yeah, def- definitely wouldn't be surprised if he started the season really, really strong there. Uh, Dana, thoughts on this one? Um, I'm going with uh, uh, Melbourne Staple has been for the last couple, you know, years. Uh, Nico Hines, um, you know, he really stepped up in the storm when Ryan Pappenhausen was out for 10 weeks with concussion and head injuries, um, really stood up, really helped just get over and get through that final series um, and, you know, didn't pay it did play a minute of origin last year, but is still in all the photos of the celebration when New South Wales won. So um, I reckon Nico's got a lot to gain from going to Cronulla, but uh, yeah, hopefully that'll help push him and then we'll see him in the uh, origin series. Hey, here's something. I actually think that if Nico Hines plays for the Storm 
this year. He definitely plays Origin. I guess the question is, you know, this risk that he's taking, going and playing with Cronulla, it's going to end one or two ways. But, uh, yeah, let's hope he can continue his great form there. And I think you're right. I think he could definitely um, force his way into the side. Look, for me, thinking about all the talent that's out there and starting to think about some of the emerging players that could push in, I've got to go with Josh Schuster. I mean... Did anyone see the season coming from Manly last year? It was uh, it was pretty incredible, um, and Josh was certainly a big part of that. You know, to be to be perfectly honest, a little bit inconsistent as you as you can sort of expect from some of these younger players. So what I'd be expecting Josh to do is to come in and yeah, just put together you know some more complete performances, and um, if he can do that, he'll certainly be in contention. All right, guys, let's jump into our first segment for tonight: the huddle. Leave no regrets out there. That is what a real champion is made of. We're a different footy team, and we've got a point of difference about us. Well, this is the biggest moment in several of these players' football lives. Champion players, champion club. I want to be king in your story. I want to know. Yeah, Champion Club, well, you think about uh, the Sydney Roosters, and that definitely comes to mind. The Sydney Roosters, uh, under Trent Robinson, they have certainly built an amazing culture there, and um, yeah, certainly one of the powerhouse rugby league clubs, and I I guess clubs in in Australian sport, really. Uh, Tasha, going to start with you. Uh, You know, let's let's reflect back on their season 2021 campaign. Put yourself in the position of Trent Robinson. I mean, he must have thought... What did I do to deserve this when you think about some of the injuries and the adversity that you went through? I mean, he must have walked under ladders, run over a black cat. Uh, talk to us about how Robbo would have been feeling in the in 2021. Yeah, Dan, look, I'm pretty sure he walked under a few ladders, crossed some black cats, but to lose some phenomenal players like the Morris Twins, Boyd Cordner, you know, Friend, um, some outside backs as well, like, but what we've seen from Trent is his incredible ability to bring through the youngsters, simplify a game and give them the confidence and nurture them through so that they've performed so well under such, you know, um, duress and tough conditions, still make the finals. I think he's uh, Trent's an amazing, amazing coach and uh I'm looking forward to really good things from the Roosters in 2022 when he gets his uh, players back. Alicia, sometimes I guess we we tend to overreact when it comes to the preseason, you know, around narratives and stories. But, you know, the reality is, and based on experience, you lose your number one playmaker in the preseason, it's kind of over and I mean that's pretty that's pretty harsh but um, you know when when the Roosters lost Luke Keary what were you kind of thinking uh, when it comes to the Sydney Roosters because that was yeah I guess you can't put into words how big of an impact that would have had on on any club let alone the Roosters. Yeah from memory it was round three I think against South um, where he just sort of went down um, and it was one of those like incidents where you go oh he's done something bad here because of just how simple it looked Um Look, I, I you always hear teams talk about the next man mentality, right? But for me, like they can say that and they can say who's going to fill in in the gaps, but like you know that that play is still going to be dearly missed. But when it came to the Roosters, the thing that I liked about Trent Robinson was like he was very, oh, you know, we just got to move on, we just got to get on with it, and da da da. But then they actually backed it up. They didn't just talk it. They they backed it up. They got these young kids in, and. Um, I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but we had a really insightful time with Trent Robinson in the preseason, um, last preseason, where he invited all these um, female journalists to basically like a little media session where he he went over a bit of a game plan. Um, 
that it was just so insightful. We spent an afternoon with him and he was talking about the 2016 season where they had a lot of injuries as well, a lot of suspensions, and it was basically like a write-off. They wrote that season off like earlier in the year, but they never publicly came out and said it. Um, and I get the vibe just knowing how he spoke in that session that it was very much the same um, in 2021. They just never put like publicly come out and, you know, declared or oh, how bad this season going and we've written it off. And then the players responded by going, you know what, we're still in the top four here. We can still finish really strong. Um, were they ever going to win the comp last year? No, but they showed other clubs that like, geez, you know, your second string players that are those backups, they can come in and still do some damage in the right system. And that's what the Roosters have over many other clubs. It's It's insane. Yeah, look, Leish, can't agree more. And I've just got to put a little apology uh, out there to one of my favourite players. I mentioned um, the players uh, that the Roosters lost in the in the Morris Twins, you know, uh, Boyd Cordner, uh, Jake Friend, but I didn't mention one of my favourite players, ex-Oak Hill College boys, uh, Luke Keary. Of course he was a huge player to lose, but he's coming back. And um, I would also like to see Walker get that numbers, you know, paired paired up with him because I think they're going to be an awesome combination in, in 2022. Yeah, look, Tasha, I, I will back that, you know, um, as, a, as a Victorian girl, you know, the hype that surrounded Sam Walker before he even stepped foot on the ground was phenomenal. It was all anyone talked about. Every time you watch a game, you watch a highlight reel, you watch anything leading up to the to his debut was Sam Walker, Sam Walker, Sam Walker. But I think something that has flown under the radar a bit, um, Paul Mamorowski, he debuted 2018 with the Roosters. Uh, you know, they did all right. They didn't do great, but made finals. Uh, he then went to the Tigers, was loaned to Melbourne Storm 2020, clocked a premiership, went to the Panthers 2021, clocked a premiership. Now he's coming back to the Roosters. He's got four years of experience under his belt, signed a three-year deal with the Roosters, and if he keeps on trends, that means they're going to clock a premiership. So I, they're going to give Storm and Penrith a, a good run for their money this year. And with the help of Angus Crichton, um, you know, they've got a lot of planning to come through. And it's just, I think it's a, having Mamorowski back is definitely an underrated re-signing that a lot of people aren't talking about. And I just need that to, yeah, to that, get spoken about. Yeah, <laughs> I think um, I think we speak about some of the bad luck that Trent and the Roosters had and maybe some of the good luck uh, from Paul Momorowski. So hopefully he can come in and change uh, the fortunes there uh, for, for the Roosters as well. Alicia, um, direct question to you. Is James Tedesco underrated? And, and I know that sounds crazy because what is he? The, the, the number one almost best player in the game, but... I guess, you know, the, the reason for my question is, you know, you, you think about when people talk about rugby league, when they talk about the Roosters, you just kind of expect that Tedesco just casually goes out there, runs for 200 metres, scores a couple of tries, takes over the captaincy for the state, dominates at every level. I mean, he, he's still underrated, right? Like, we're, we're seeing, you know, who knows where Tedesco could end up in terms of one of the all-time greats. I always laugh when he gets sort of compared, like, who's going to play Origin um, at fullback, you know, when it's out of... Teddy and Turbo, and it's like Tedesco for me has had the runs on the board for years. Um, you know, he's he's pulled off some match-winning plays, um, two premierships at the Roosters, Origin Series wins. Um, I, yeah, I agree. I think he is still a little bit underrated. I, I think 
he's just so slippery and it's such a word for him. Like, just it's like he's got spiders on him all the time. And he has he carried a lot of games, those Roosters games last year on the on his own back. He, he led them to victory on more times than not. He was up there for the Dallium's uh, in the in the votes, and it's no surprise why. Um, yeah, I mean, my only thing for him is, I guess, age. You know, comes into it a bit now. He's he's had a lot of seasons where he's been like really up with his form, um, and no doubt he's still going to be a fantastic player in the future. But um, you know, all this talk about Sawali coming on board is he a fullback long term? Like, what do they do with Teddy? Um, I guess that's something more for the future, not necessarily this year but yeah outstanding player and he's one that you want on your team I think anyone that that doesn't rate him at this point is uh yeah probably a Queenslander yeah, I was gonna yeah. say now um Leash on the back of that you know you, you mentioned his age and you're right you know he's entering his 10th season of playing NRL you know debuted in 2012 so I think that's something yes everyone hypes about him a bit but like Dan said he there's little elements that I don't think he gets enough credit for in regards to his, you know, whereas Nathan Cleary is a good example where everyone rabbits on about how he met. He, he in, you know, affects the game and whether he's not on the field, then they're losing or, you know, adding those extra points on the scoreboard. Whereas I feel like Tedesco doesn't get that same hype, um, which is where that the whole underrated, uh, you know, and it's not like he's, lacking anything he's got the experience he's got the speed he's got the fluidity and the ex- and being able to move and make these plays that a lot of people don't uh and like you said he's slippery he gets through and he'll have a breakaway and next minute they're 10 points up it's, so it's just odd isn't it like one of the all-time greats who's you know just a little bit little bit underrated in their prime uh def- definitely something to watch uh touch quick question for you uh sam verrills talk to me a little bit about this young dummy half and how he must be feeling because it's a little bit awkward, right? I mean, he's a talented young hooker, a talented young player, but, I mean, you're bringing Connor Watson to compete with him this season, uh, potentially, and then, you know, obviously we've all heard the news that Brandon Smith will be heading headed to Bondi uh, for the following season. You know, what's your predictions uh, for his future? Because I guess, you know, he'll be keen to, to finish his career at the Roosters uh, in a positive suit, but I guess he's now auditioning for probably other jobs at other clubs. Um, how's Sam feeling right now coming into the season? Bit of an awkward situation for him. Yeah, it sure is. I mean, Connor Watson, a fabulous signing. I think his versatility off the bench will be fabulous. I've got um, the spine starting with the Roosters being, you know, Tedesco, Kiri, Sam Walker and Sam in at number nine. Um, but, you know, Connor Watson can come in. You know how they do that exchange with the with yeah. the number nine and it really sparks the forwards. Um, so I think that'll play out well for the 2022 season. 2023, up against the big cheese, yeah, it's a, it's a tough gig for uh, Sam. I think this year too is a chance for the Roosters to, um, I guess, explore what other teams are doing now and playing that fast, up-tempo pace because the Roosters have always had that. But now with Jake Friend moving on, obviously he was a lot older, and um, I guess they played a more of a he, he played more of a defensive style. Whereas you're going to get Brandon Smith uh, in 2023, but then you've got Connor Watson running around in the middle of the ruck as well. And I think under Trent Robinson, we're going to see a different Connor Watson. I, I don't think he was um, used at the best of times at Newcastle purely because of all the injuries that they had. That he just didn't have that consistent sort of bench role. 
Um, whereas I think you recall when Connor was at the Roosters in 2017, 2018, he absolutely, you know, killed it coming off the bench. So, um, yeah, I think the Roosters are going to tweak the way that they play um, because they have to. They've lost the wealth of experience. Um, you know, the Morris brothers, especially in that back line, that they're going to have to change it up a little bit. Um, so I, I think we're going to see a different Roosters outfit, especially in attack this year. Yeah, all right, guys. Well, let's jump into our predictions for season twenty twenty two. It's it's going to be going to be interesting, and, and I guess the Roosters will be keen to come out and prove something uh, this year. Tash, going to start with you. Uh, where do the Roosters uh, finish in season twenty twenty two? Okay, Dan. They had a tough year. They still made it to the finals. Now, you know, the doubting Thomases will say, yeah, but, you know, they didn't really beat an elite team. Yeah, they beat Manly convincingly in, you know, round early in the rounds, um, but they were, you know, turbo-less. Um, but the Bunnies beat them twice. Uh, the Storm beat them twice. The Panthers beat them twice. However, bring back the magic of Kiri. And he is fighting fit. There's no doubt about him being in a moon boot earlier this year, earlier this week. He's just getting a spur off a long-term uh, ankle injury. You bring back Kiri. You've got the fabulous signing of Connor Watson. You've got Paul Momorowski. And I'm going right out there again. I'm really brave tonight. I've got him. I've got him finishing first. Yeah, look, that's uh, definitely a bold call, but uh, something that the Roosters fans will, will be keen on. And obviously we'll do we'll do quite a few, uh, you know, previews coming into the season as well, so we can revisit these as well. But, you know, right now, you know, in January, when we're thinking about, you know, where this team is as a group, I'd have to agree with you. I, I've actually got them winning the minor premiership. I'm going to hold back who, who is actually who I predict is actually going to go all the way. But, um, yeah, I, I think there is something truly special building. And, um, yeah, there's a few other clubs in and around them that might just take a couple of steps back. Um, and if you if you were to pick one team that's going to be that week-in, week-out consistent football team, uh, yeah, it would certainly look like the Roosters at the moment. Uh, Dana, speaking of powerhouse teams, you know, you're, you're a bit of a fan of a, a pretty pretty decent one down there in Melbourne, but, uh, yeah, taking off your, your Melbourne Storm hat for the moment, um, where do you think the Roosters finish up in season 2022? Yeah, look, you know, even with, yes, being a Storm supporter, but I can admit, you know, we've had, uh, we've lost a lot of people. Uh, you know, we've lost Josh Adokar, we've lost Delph Nukin, we've lost um, Nico. Nico Hines, yeah. we've lost, you know, uh, there's so many players that have either just moved on or I've uh, lost Nelson uh, to Japan now due to, you know, COVID issues, um, you know. So we're actually, I, I you know, I don't think Storm's going to get the minor premiership, honestly. Uh, so going back to the Roosters, I reckon they've they've got the team coming in. Um, I have a, I hate the Panthers, so I'm very, um hoping that they don't get it. So you know what? I, I agree with you. I agree with you, Dan, that I don't think they'll go as far in the finals. Um, but for the minor premiership, I reckon they've got a, a pretty good chance of copping that first spot this year, I reckon. Alicia, I don't think we've ever had a clean sweep on the show in terms of our predictions. And uh, uh, yeah, so what, what's your thoughts on this? Obviously, we're getting swept up in, you know, they lost so many players. They're getting a lot back. The younger kids have got that experience. You've got Trent Robinson. You've got James Tedesco. Um, it, it, it does look really, really positive. But yeah, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I can't agree. I, I've and people call me crazy because I have mentioned this already, um, just to friends and, and family. But I just, I'm 
I'm not seeing the Roosters this year. Like I, I think for all the players that they've lost, that's gonna that's gonna hit them eventually. Like it probably hit them towards the end of last year. They were really bad defensively. Um, they leaked a lot of points, like in, compared to previous years. And I think that's an experience thing. Like losing Boy Corner, um, you know, it probably didn't affect them as much this year. But who's who's their big leaders now? Like they've got Jared Wira Hargraves, yes, Angus Crichton, yes. Um, I think Lindsay Collins coming back from his knee injury is massive. Like that's a massive boost. Um, but yeah, I just I wasn't sold on them defensively. And I think, you know, Sam Walker coming in second year, um, you know, clubs have probably done their homework over the summer. I just think there's there's a bit more question marks than probably what not not necessarily just you guys, but plenty. I've heard heaps of comments around the roosters, you know, gonna back up, gonna go one better purely because of how well they played, um, I guess, from a courageous point of view. But, yeah, I'm just not sold. I, and I haven't been since Cooper Cronk and Latrell left, to be honest. I think that's been the start of, of them sort of, I'm not going to say gone in or rebuild, but, you know, you can't tell me with all these young kids coming through that they're suddenly just going to win the competition. I don't know. I'm just, I'm not sold. I've seen stranger things happen. Yeah. No. But then again, then again, sorry, Penrith, you know, we see age and experience means little because those kids went on and, you know, smashed the competition last year. So That's exactly I don't right. want to doubt the Roosters because they're a fantastic club and they've got the place to do it, but I just, I'm not convinced that it's totally just going to magically, you know, happen for them. Yeah, Leash, it's not going to magically happen for them, I don't reckon. But everything you've just said is why I think they will get, they will finish first in the in the premiership because, like, you talked about Lindsay Collins coming back. you got Crichton. Oh, please, if Victor Radley can just keep a, keep his hot head, um, you know, under control. All the, all the players that you've just mentioned, on top of Kiri coming back, on top of Momorowski, uh, yeah, look, I've I got to go against you, which is usual. But, yeah, I can't see them not finishing up number one. Yeah, look, I think I understand a bit where Leash is coming from. Um, you know, like I, I thought that as well. Like, yes, the whole, like, and she said it, is a restructure. You've lost both the Morris boys. That's been a crucial part of the Roosters for so long that who's going to be able to step up and fill those positions and be consistent because you've got to remember, you know, yes, we talk about the hard hitters of the of Manly and Melbourne and Penrith and the Rabbitohs, like, as being those top squads but you've also got to think of you know the West Tigers they're a young team coming through um but they've got that they've got that hard hitting capacity that also lacks because they are inexperienced so I think with the up and coming kids that they've got with the returning players yes there's some massive losses but with Trent Robertson heading it all I think they're going to be all right so I reckon Alicia's wrong. All right, Alicia. No sitting on the fence. So, um, yeah, we've got mine and premierships over here. Um, but, I, but I don't think you're saying wooden spoon or you could surprise no. me. What, what, are you, what what's your thoughts? I'm, going, I'm going with fifth. fifth. Fifth spot. Okay, excellent. No, I think that... Um, I think that's going to be quite interesting. And, look, it is a silly season, uh, guys. This is the time of the year where you put your ladders up and then uh, obviously when we look at it at the end of the year, it looks nothing like that. So, uh, no, it's going to be interesting to see, that's for sure. All right, guys, let's jump into our next segment for tonight, the match. The most anticipated match in history, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Let's get ready to rumble! Yeah, and this week on the match, we go down to the nation's capital and we look at, well, a couple of really talented players 
uh, in the Canberra Raiders system. Uh, and tonight we've got the Adam Elliott coming up against, well, it's a battle of the Elliots, isn't it? Elliott Whitehead uh, from the UK. Uh, Alicia, I'm going to start with you. Uh, just just a quick uh, yeah, chat about you know the Raiders themselves, and, and I think we've spoken about this on previous episodes. But it's 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 a very different vibe uh, around Canberra at the moment, given that you know just just a short time ago this was a, te- a team that was competing in a grand final. There was a huge buzz around them, and you kind of feel like they're in almost a mini rebuild. Um, yeah, what's your thoughts quickly on Canberra before we get in, into the two players in tonight's match? Yep, I think they had a, a very quick peak and now they're, they're trying to, I guess, find um, what works for them again. Um, I think obviously 2019 was a massive year for them. I, I just don't think that they've progressed since then. They've had the same sort of players, same sort of attack, but then other teams have worked them out. So, um, yeah, they need to find something different this year and I think with Jamal Fogarty there now alongside Jack White and, um, you know, hopefully they can build a combination. But as for these... These two back rowers, um, very different players, obviously very different situations. Um, Adam Elliott, I think, needed to get out of the Bulldogs. Didn't matter who he played for, but just need to get out. And I think under someone like Ricky Stewart, who's pretty straight up, um, will hopefully keep him on the straight and narrow. So, yeah, it's a intriguing battle. I've, if I'm going to pick one out of the two, Elliot Whitehead for me is so underrated. Um, I know how much he means to that Canberra Raiders team. Um, we've seen him come up with some crazy plays out of nowhere. Um, whereas I think, uh, yeah, Adam Elliot is more, I guess, uh, work rate. You know, big on work rate. Whereas um, Elliot Whitehead will sort of try and come up with that big play, and most of the time pulls it off. So, going with Elliot on this one. Yeah, look, uh, Dan, as far as they go, I think Adam Elliott's going to really want to get out there and do the right thing. Um, you know, he's been given a chance. He's had a couple of off-field, you know, indiscretions, but he'll really want to um, prove himself back. He's got a solid defence. He's got a high work rate. Um, he's a pretty good ball-playing uh, back rower, but um, it is rare, but I'm going to go with uh, Elliot Whitehead. I love a big fella that terrorises those edge defenders. And not only that, one of my favourite parts about a game is I love it when there's offloads and there should be more of them because offloads lead to tries. And, you know, Elliot just has that X factor. He's more creative, but more importantly, he runs in, he stands in the tackle and offloads. And that's why... um, I'm going to agree with Leish and go with uh, Elliot Whitehead. Yeah, right. Well, Stuffy's both. I'm going to be <laughs> going with um, Adam Elliot. You know, like the kid. You know, you can't deny that he's he's done, made some questionable choices. You know, he's got himself in a lot of trouble over the last couple of years. Even recently, last year, um, after you know a little bit of a break of pulling his head in. But I agree with Leish. You know, he, getting out of the Bulldogs is probably the best thing that's going to ever happen to him. Um, you know, he's he's 27. He's not that old, but he's got that, he's got 101 games under his belt. He's got that experience that he can bring to the Raiders um, that I think they they lack sometimes. You know, finishing, tend to finish in that mid-spot on the ladder at the end of the year, and then they have to go back and look at it, go, what could we improve? You know, what are we missing? And I think having the history that he's got, yes, bit of a hothead, yes, needs to, outside of the game, needs to get out under control. But with Ricky Stewart, I reckon that will help him pull his head in, focus on the game, focus on yourself, 
Uh, and I reckon they'll, they'll have a pretty good season with that. So I'm going with Adam Elliott. Yeah, interesting. I think that just leaves me. Uh, yeah, it's difficult. Look, you know, when it comes to the Canberra Raiders, and I think we've spoken about this previously, they have a very different strategy when it comes to recruitment. And, and I guess they, they have that because they have some challenges in terms of bringing the stars down to the nation's capital. It's just very, very difficult to sign the big names there at Canberra. So quite, you know, quite often you see the Canberra Raiders taking big chances on players and Adam Elliott appears to sort of fit that mould. He's a player who comes in as a, as a very high-risk player. You know, will he come in and, and sort of kick on and take that next step in his career or will he just be that toiler in, in that back row? Going to be really interesting to see. I actually rate Adam Elliott. I, I think he is a high-quality player, and it is very, very difficult when you're watching a bad football team and the Canterbury Bulldogs over the last couple of, t- couple of years, they have been absolutely terrible. It is very difficult to try and pick out who are the good players, but I really do feel like Adam was one of their best. And look, I, I'm going to, to Alicia's point, I'm going to back Ricky Stewart to, um, you know, I, I guess work hard with Adam during the offseason to help him take his career to the next level. So uh, for me, Adam Elliott, um, just quickly on Elliott Whitehead, though, I guess it does go to show that when you do take these risks, sometimes it pays off. And we know all of the dramas in and around Bateman. And I think Bateman's got a lot of, I think that there's a, that's a big reason as to why Elliot Whitehead kind of sort of sat back and, and didn't get all of the praise because Bateman really came in and sort of took over. But yeah, as everyone's spoken about, he's Mr. Consistent and um, a big part of Canberra's culture. So I, I just think at their best, probably Adam Elliott can, uh, can pip him there. But um, yeah, two good quality players there for Ricky Stewart to kind of work with. And hopefully it's a better season for the, the Raiders um, in season 2022. All right, guys, let's jump into our final segment for tonight, Rapid Fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is saying closing time. Maybe that's what you're Yeah, and this week on Rapid Fire, we continue to keep our eye on the upcoming World Cup. Uh, And this week we're looking at, uh, well, the Lebanese players, Lebanon uh, club as they... They look to compete in yet another World Cup. Alicia, I'm going to go straight to you because the question I've got for you is, yeah, which Lebanese player um, is one to keep an eye on in, in the upcoming World Cup? He's probably the oldest one left that qualifies, um, but Joshy Mansour, I think, um, I have a feeling and I haven't heard anything, so I can't actually confirm it, but um, I reckon this is his last year in footy. Um, so I reckon going, going out with a bang with Lebanon, um, he'd really enjoy that. And I know he wants to... He wants to play for Lebanon again. Um, he hasn't played for a few years and um, he's obviously played for Lebanon at the World Cup in 2017. Um, so, yeah, plenty left in the source, but um, I think, yeah, what a way to go out if it was his final season. Yeah, that's all right. A couple of big uh, upsets, uh, upsets on the biggest stage. I think that would uh, that would be, that'd be great. And, Dana, there is something different about International Rugby League. You know, obviously that's kind of where the game's kind of improved, but um, you do love it, obviously, when you see these guys go back and play for their, their home nation. There is something special about it. But, um, yeah, this is a pretty special group itself, uh, Team Lebanon. And uh, have you got a player there that you would um, yeah, keep an eye on? Yeah, so um, I actually tend to watch a bit of the uh, the UK Super League as well. I've got a couple of teams. I was over there in 2019 for their grand final um, by accident, but, you know, nonetheless. So I've always kind of since then just kept an eye on it. And, um Abbas Miski is who I've kind of picked up on. So he actually is from Penrith, so originally New South Wales boy, played for uh, Manly and then, you know, went over to the UK. He played for London Broncos, did really well. Uh, you know, he was one of the top try scorers in their squad uh, over there. 
He's quick off the bat. He's intercept. He's breakaways. He was just a very consistent player. Uh, and then just recently this year, he signed to the Wigan Warriors. So hopefully, um, you know, you see him on the field a bit more, you know, watching that international game, whether there's Aussies over there or they're homegrown from that country is, is such an interesting way to watch the same sport that we all love uh, and just a different viewpoint, different way to look at it because it's like, uh, it's not that big of re- in the UK, you know, they follow a lot of unions. So pushing that league and watching it internationally is something that I think is really important. And, um, you know, he he's played the Lebanon before he played the 2017, he played the 2019 uh, series there as well. So I reckon, yeah, I, I would keep an eye on him. He's, he's a good boy. <laughs> Yeah, and look, uh, nothing but respect from me because you know sometimes that's it. You know, a lot of a lot of players just simply come through the juniors and hit NRL, and you know they have a big long career, and other people have to do it the hard way. And he's certainly done that. Anyone that can sort of battle their way through the London Broncos franchise, uh, great to see him um, sort of move up into the Wigan Warriors. It'll be interesting to see how he performs. Uh, look for me, uh, Alex Twoll is a player that I'm going to keep be keeping a close eye on. He's, you know, he's a player who has showed a lot of promise, uh, and I think is is very. He's very much an unfinished product, and, and that's that's pretty common with our front rowers. You know, typically you don't see them sort of hit their peak until 28, 29, 30. So he's still very, very young, Alex, and um, still finding his way. Definitely a big leader there in the West Tigers club, and I, he's just a player that I'd like to keep an eye on over the next couple of years because I think there's going to be some special things from Alex. And who knows, as Alicia said, what, uh, what better stage than the World Cup to go out and have a couple of special performances? Uh, there is that running online joke on social medias about him not scoring a try yet, uh, so we'll also be keeping an eye on that in season 2022. All right, Tash, finish us off. Uh, a couple of players here to uh, keep an eye on in this, uh, in this group. Yeah, 100%, Dan. And I agree with every everything that uh, my fellow panellists have said. I know that's not common that I do that, but I thoroughly agree, especially with the passion. Like the Lebanese are very passionate players, but I cannot go past the halves pairing um, of Adam Dewey and Mitch Moses. And I think combined with those players that you guys have just mentioned, build a strong team. I know the Lebanese uh, crowd are going to be really excited about that. You know, so my players watch are Adam Dewey and Mitch Moses. All right, guys, well, that's all the time we have this week. I just want to thank my amazing panel, um, always uh, bringing the heat as we talk all things rugby league. Uh, Dana, thank you very much for, uh, for joining Mojo Sports. Really excited to have you on board. Uh, it's going to be a great uh, season ahead. And to our listeners, we hope you enjoyed uh, tonight's episode. Uh, if you did, please share with family and friends. Continue to download the podcast. Until next week, we'll see you then. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.